Wonderful. Glory to God. Glory to God. You may be seated if you'd like. You don't have to. Praise the Lord for the anointing. Amen. Well, I'm excited to be with you tonight. It's always good to be with you guys. And uh, let's just, uh, I'm going to pray over the message uh, and just uh, get in agreement with me on this. All right. Father God, we thank you for your anointing, your burden destroying, yoke removing power. We thank you, Lord, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I ask you to speak through my vocal cords, think through my mind, utter the things that you desire to be unveiled to us, your truth to us tonight, Lord, in a way that only you could do that, Lord. I, I, I agree with what Philip prayed over us just a minute ago. We have eyes to see and ears to hear, hearts ready to receive that which you have for us, Lord. We take it. We receive it tonight, Lord. I take it personally, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you ordained us to be right here, right now, tonight, in order to receive what you have for us, Lord. We pray over Pastor Justin and Annette, Joseph, and the rest of the team that's over in Africa and Kenya today, Lord, and, and throughout this whole entire next two weeks, Lord, that they're continually be blessed and that everything they put their hand to prospers, that they're seeing lives changed, bodies healed, and the devil stopped, miracles, signs, and wonders, wonders, marvels, and extraordinary manifestations of your greatness, Lord. Just as we are here in this house, I just decree and declare it's tonight. We will see marvels, wonders, and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of you, our God. Show us your glory tonight, Lord. Show us your glory tonight, Lord. We yield ourselves to you. The word says where two or three stand in agreement, touching anything, it shall come to pass. But also when two or three are gathered together in your name, that you're in our midst. So we receive you in our midst tonight in order for us to be changed by the presence of you, the almighty God. We thank you, Father, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You still do miracles today. So if someone came in here expecting a miracle, Lord, I'm expecting a miracle, Lord. I receive my miracle. I receive their miracle. I thank you for it in advance. We rejoice in you, Lord, always. And again, I say we rejoice. We resist the devil. Remind him he can't come near our dwelling place. We thank you for everybody watching by way of internet that they'll never, ever, ever be the same because of the incorruptible word of the living God that'll be planted on the inside of them, just like it is in us tonight here inside this sanctuary. We thank you, Father. We commit this time to you. Have your way. Have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. I'm excited. It's always excited to be in the house of the Lord. It's always excited to be with people like Precious Faith. I want to talk to you that we're fighting the good fight of faith, and the only good fight is to fight you up. You win. So it's important for us to make sure we're on the winning side of things, okay? We got to stay on the winning side of things because it's easy to get on the loser's side if you don't watch yourself, okay? Now, I want to take you to a couple of scriptures just to start us off with. Found in Scripture, 1 Timothy 6, 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto you are also called. Say, it is my calling to fight the good fight of faith. Well, I don't like to fight. Well, you better learn how to fight. Amen? It's important for us to know that there's a real fight going on. There's a real devil out there, and he's trying to steal, kill, and destroy the word out of your life and keep it from manifesting in the way that God's promised it to manifest in your life. Get your fight on. Say, I've got my fight on. All right. You're called to do this. I'm called to do this. And it's professed a good profession before many witnesses. Uh, I love this. It says, don't, don't just shadow box. 
uh, in Matthew 6, or don't just pray to be praying. Uh, you know, Pastor Philip was up here praying over us. He's not just praying anything. He's praying the word of God. The word of God won't return void. It'll do what it set out to do. And we got, we can't just pray to be praying. We got to pray with some authority. Amen. There's a difference between when you say, uh, Jimmy, come here, Jimmy, Jimmy just turned his face and looked straight at you, right? On that second one, if you have a kid named Jimmy, all right? So the reality of that change of what's that, that's a different, there's a different uh, uh, word spoken there. It's a word of authority, right? So when the devil's messing with you, you got to show him who's boss. He does not rule and reign in your life. You rule and reign in your life. I rule and reign in my life. Your warfare is not in the natural realm. It's in the spirit realm, and his name's the devil. The fight that we're fighting is not amongst ourselves or amongst uh, your workplace or the, the, uh, your next-door neighbor. <laughs> your, your warfare is against the enemy, Satan himself. And you and I have to take authority over him in those situations in our lives. Amen? Amen. All right, so he's telling us we got to fight this good fight. So say, I win. Okay, but don't just shadow box, all right? Don't just have vain repetition. Don't just be saying something, well, you know, the Bible says this, you know. No, come with some authority when you start talking about this. It says this, but when you pray, use not vain repetition as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Okay, it's not how many times you say it. It's the heart behind what, which, with what you say. Come on. It's not, it's not, it's not how many times, it's the heart behind what you're saying. The one of the things that marveled the, the people that watch Jesus or listen to, they marveled because he spoke with authority, right? He knew who he was, whose he was, and where he operated was on a different level. And that was in an area of authority. So he says here, and then in 1 Corinthians 9, 26, therefore, so run, not as uncertainty, so fight. Not as one that beateth the air. What is he talking about? Shadow boxing. You're just playing around. This is not a game. Your life is not a game. You know, come on. It's, it's real. There's real circumstances going on. The problems that you and I are facing in our lives, they're real. And so we can't just play around with, oh, I guess they'll go away. Oh, well, oh, well. No, you and I have to get serious about what we're believing for. That's what he's talking about, fighting the good fight of faith. What are you, what are you laying hold of? You got to lay hold of that. You got to get, you got to get strong in your faith where this is concerned. Whatever you're believing for, you stand steadfast in the promise that God has given you where that situation is in your life. And you're going to have to resist the devil. He'll flee, but he'll come back too. All right. So you keep, you keep resisting him, he'll keep fleeing. He's got to flee, right? But you have to be the one to resist him. Don't think, the Bible says that he left Jesus for a season. That means he came back. He wasn't done yet. Right? He doesn't give up. He's a persistent cuss is what Brother Hagin used to say. You know what I'm saying? He, he's going to keep coming at you. He doesn't want you to win. He doesn't care who you are, saved or not saved. Right? Okay. So we got to, we got to, we got to get real about this, okay? Um, what's God versus what's man? I think sometimes in our, in our um, quest to walk in all that God has called us to walk in, there is, a, um, there is a fine line between what you want and what God wants, okay, at times, okay? So it's important for us to make sure in our prayer life, we're praying, God, 
your will be done in this situation according to your word. Okay? Your will be done in this situation. You and I've got to trust the promises of God and then also trust trust in the fact that you have an unction that comes from him and you know all things. The Bible says in, in 1 John, let's read this together. 1 John 4, 1 through 3. It says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know you the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. What is this saying? There are some things in you and my life that we've got to offer our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto God, which is our reasonable act of service. We've got to ask for God to show us his will in, in areas of our lives in order for us to walk in the perfect will of God for our lives. How are we going to know what it is that is his will in those areas of life? If it's promoting Jesus, it's something that God wants you to do. Come on. It's Jesus. If Jesus is being high and lifted. Now, if Ricky's being high and lifted up, I need to check myself. Come on. It's not about uh, me promoting myself. Oh, then I'm going to give Jesus the glory. No, no. My whole quest needs to be, and I'm promoting Jesus. You know what? People may talk about me from that standpoint. Let it be, but I'm going to give glory to God. Right? So the whole aspect, what he's saying is any spirit that's trying to talk more about themselves Okay, come on. This is not, this is, he's talking to believers here. He's talking to believers here. If it's all about you and what you're doing and all the things that you've done, then you're the spirit of the Antichrist. You're allowing the spirit, you're not, you're not the spirit of the, excuse me, retract that one. The spirit of the Antichrist is trying to work in your life. Anti-anointing, it's trying to say, I'm doing this. No. The, The part of the good fight of faith is faith in God more than faith in yourself. He's going to use you, but he's going to be him that gets the glory. If you're not, if you're not, if you're wondering why there's not more manifestations of the glory of God in your life, who's getting the glory most of the time anyway? You know, we've got to continue because Bible says when Jesus is lifted up, he will draw all men to himself. We've got to fight the good fight of faith where this is concerned. Right? We've got to make sure that Jesus is high and lifted up in our lives. It's, it's, it's really important. I want to pray this with me. This is something Keith Moore prayed, prayed with, his, with his congregation for a while. But I want you to pray this with me as well. It says, thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. I'm asking you to reveal to us what is you, what is not you, what is man's stuff, phony things, Religious tradition, junk, not real, what is truth, what is right, what is reality. Thank you for showing me in Jesus' name. You know, I, I, I believe with all my heart there's times in all of our lives that we're pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, along the way, frustrations and things can happen. And just little by little, sometimes we kind of get off track on that destiny that we've been called to. Right? Our whole lives are supposed to be centered around Jesus, right? 
We are, we, we are crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live, yet not us, but Christ liveth in us. We want to give God the glory for what's taking place in our life. In the process of going where we believe God's called us to go, there's times where we're trying to make ourselves get there rather than trusting God to get us there. Right? And we have to constantly wage a warfare of getting the flesh out the way. I preached a sermon one time. Was it me, God, or the bratwurst that I ate last night? Because sometimes there's those times where you get a vision. You get, you think, well, I'm supposed to run off. Do you know what? Try the spirit. Try, seriously, really? Come on. There's, I mean, there have been times where I've had dreams and I'm thinking, what was that all about? Nothing. You know? Come on. You have to, what are you, what are you doing? You're taking the word of God. You know what? If that's you, God, then you're going to, you're going to reveal that to me, Lord. I'm not going to go chase some dream I had. Right? That's what he's talking about here. You and I, and that's why he's saying, help me, Lord, see what you see. Open the eyes of my understanding that I may know what is the hope of your calling, his calling on my life. He's calling us. He's called us to fight the good fight of faith. If you wonder why your faith's not making, maybe it's not his fight that you're fighting. Just, you know, just check. I'm just saying, just check, okay? There's still, there's sometimes you're in the middle of a fight. It's a fight. So you got to do what you got to do. You got to stay in the, stand fast and deliberately where with your call. How do you know you're in that perfect place? Is it bear witness with the word of God? Is it what the word of God says about the situation? That's the foundation for everything that takes place in your life. There's no, nothing new going on in the face of the earth. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Does it bear witness with your spirit man that's on the inside of you? And it does it bear witness with the place or the people that God's called you to be hooked up with? Pastor Justin and Annette. Is it bearing witness with them? The, the Savelles, me or Pastor Cassie. Is it bearing witness with them? There's a covering that God's given each and every one of us in the process. I'm so, I, if I have a thought or th- uh, a process, I bring it to Pastor Justin. I want to roll those things through. How, what do you think about this? Is this something you think is good? Is it not? Doctor, I do the same thing with Dr. Savelle. If there's things that I believe that God wants me to be doing in my life, I have some spiritual people that God has placed in my life that help govern, help, help lead me and guide me and direct me. And a good witness, a lot of times, is the, your spiritual friends that are truly your spiritual friends. Uh, come on. People that are pressing towards the same mark for the prize, staying in the word. Remember on Sunday I said, stay in the word, follow peace, and walk in love. Stay in the word, follow peace, and walk in love. Stay in the word. Stay in the words first. Meditate in the word day and night. Then you'll be like a tree. The word of God's got to be first place in our lives. The Holy Spirit's there to lead and guide us where that word is concerned. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you where that word is concerned. And whatever that word is, it's going to love on people to bring them into the kingdom of God. All right? So you and I, we know those things. There's times when we're going in a direction, some of our closest, if my wife has an unction, I listen to my wife's unction. Come on. You might not like what she tells you at the moment, but she sees things that you don't see sometimes. Right? And then vice versa. Your husband may see something and say, baby, let's don't do that just yet. Well, I'm ready to do it. I think it's time we need to do it. Well, just wait. It's okay. Right? 
We both are good with each other on that. She's laughing. I mean, we've had those opportunities. I mean, we're ready to jump out there. Let's jump out the boat. Let's walk on the water, baby. Let's get it done. Come on. I think that's all of our heart's intent. We want to do great things for God. And we have to trust the leading of the Lord. And he's going to confirm his word with signs following. People, There's going to be some confirmation where the things of God are concerned in your life. And they're going to be confirmed by the word of God. A lot of times I hear people, they want to hear a word from the Lord, right? And they're looking for someone to give them a word. Quit looking. You know where God's going to tell you to you first? In your quiet time. In the secret. In the secret place. And then he'll reveal it as he chooses, when he chooses, through whom he wants to choose to, to give it to you through. Every word that I've ever had, God has already spoken that word to me before somebody ever spoke it over me. And they just made it public for everybody else to know. Right? Because God's talking to you constantly. That's your most intimate understanding and knowledge. And he always lines up with his word. He's not going to change from his word. Right? Okay. All right. We just needed to go in that direction for just a few minutes. All right. So we're talking about something in the fight of faith. And I want to go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Because in this process, and, uh, you know, uh, We've been talking about the fight of faith, and we're talking about the full armor of God. So in the process of this, there's some particular parts of the armor of God that we have to have on in order for us to go into the battlefield and be safe and do what we're capable of doing, right? We're going to talk about gospel shoes tonight, okay? Your shoes, your shoes, you know, your shoes. You got to put your shoes on. You got to put shoes on, right? Hopefully you didn't come in here barefooted. My wife, if we let her, she would have, Okay. But most of you, hopefully, does everybody have shoes on? Okay, it's good. So we're going to talk about your shoes tonight, the preparation of the gospel of peace. Okay? We're going to talk about your gospel shoes tonight. Let's look at this and let's read this uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Let me get turned there real quick. All right. It says here, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So you are going to have to stand against the difficulties, the, di- the different ways that Satan comes at you. He's the, he doesn't play fair, and he comes at all of us. So don't think he's just picking on you. Right? It's important, because sometimes he feels like you're the only person in the world that he's picking on. Come on. Right? You feel like, you, like, like Charlie Brown. You feel like a big nose, right? Okay, so... For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Real important. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. A lot of people are trying to fix fix it out here, and it has nothing to do with what's out here. Very little to do. What's taking place in here is a manifestation of what's taking place out here. So you get this right with him, he'll take care of everything else out here. against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole arm of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and this is where we are tonight, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Now, that word shod means a, like a horse gets shod, like a shoer. 
when I get my when I get my horses shod, that means the shoer is coming to put some shoes. Do you have that clip that we can run on the horseshoer? It's got about a minute clip that I want you to watch with me real quick. And I want you to listen to some of the things that this horseshoer says. I am originally from Kentucky. I'm a active duty army. But this is my my full-time job is doing this right here. I had no horse experience. Everything that I know in here, I've learned in the past two years. I get to know the personalities of all my horses. I know how each one of them is going to react in here. She's definitely one of our easier horses. Uh, We do have some that will physically take their foot away from you. You just kind of try to work with them. These shoes weren't fitting her properly anymore. So I went ahead and made some new ones. So I've sat underneath plenty of horses, cleaned them out, done all that kind of stuff. And the process of it, he said some really cool things in here. He says, all these horses are different. And I think sometimes when it comes to us wearing the shoes that God's called us to wear in our own lives, we spend too much time comparing ourselves with what everybody else is doing. And there are sh- your shoe, there, there's a shoe that's just like Cinderella that is fit just for you. And, and the other thing he said about that particular horse is that particular horse's foot, what happens is, is once you put shoes on them, their foot starts to set in a certain way with the way that they're traveling. See, there's some things that God's doing in your life right now that's changing the way you travel and the way you do things. So he may reposition you and reset your shoes in a different situation to help you perform and be better. And as you get better, there's certain times, like some of my horses that I would train and some of the people that I train horses for, I had shoes for certain things like whether or not we were going up into the mountains or if we're going to show a horse, putting some sliders on the backside of them so they can slide a little further. There's different reasons to have different types of shoes on. There's different anointings that you're going to have in your life that God wants to place in your life for different seasons of your life so that you can perform the way that he needs you to perform at a level that he's going to receive all the glory that he can possibly get out of. Come on. It's so, it's so important. And so, and then some of them resist the shoes, but the shoes are there to protect you. And so, you know, if your horse goes out and they don't have shoes on and they go riding in the Rockies or up in the hills, they'll get stone bruised and it can cripple them for life. But, oh, you know what? I'm tough enough. Let me get out there. I can do this. I can do this. You have, a, you have the master of all masters that is sitting underneath you going, hey, I'm, I'm, preparing, I'm preparing you. I'm getting you ready for some things. Trust me here. I'm just going to do, make a few adjustments right now in your life. Let me, let, me, let me do this in your life so that you can be where I need you to be and perform to the level that you're really capable of performing at. It's so, it's so, it's so important. See, because he says the preparation of the gospel of peace. It, doesn't, it means that you're not already there necessarily. 
There are things that God's preparing us for bigger things than we can even see at the moment. But there are things that you and I have got to some tests that Satan's throwing at us that we need to get over. We need to learn how to conquer the things that are in our lives before God can put a little bit more on us. And it's not, it's not God that's slowing the process down. It's us receiving at the moment what it is he's asking us to do. Be faithful right where we are so that he can position us for the next thing that he has in store for us. There's a preparation time for every season under the sun. Come on. We have different seasons in our life constantly. We have to trust the ultimate farrier. That's what they call a horseshoe or a farrier. Someone that's putting us in the right place at the right time to prepare us for the greater things that he has in store for us. And Brother Hagan, I think, said after 30 years, the Lord finally said, you've entered into the first phase of your ministry. Hmm. Hello. Amen. So that's okay. It's a good thing, right? So we're going to make sure that we allow ourselves to be positioned and prepared by the master himself, right? I want, I want look at, look at, look at the scripture with me. Go to uh, Samuel. We're going to go to Samuel. This is something that wasn't in yours, uh, Rachel. It's first Samuel 17, 38 through 40. I, when I, we, we, we did sports camps, y'all know that for a long time. One of the things that I would tell tell the athletes, if the shoe doesn't fit, don't wear it. So I, I would take a group of kids and I would, uh, I would have my, I would have some either NFL players or NBA basketball, big old shoes. Like I had Kevin Durant's shoes one time and I have kids that'll get in these shoes and I make them run and they can't run and they got to keep them on. They're in a race and they're trying to run in somebody's shoe. That's a size 18, you know, it's huge. You know, it's like a boat, like a ski that they're trying to run in. They can't run it. They're not as fast when they're in that shoe. And we always say, if the shoe doesn't fit, they would say, don't wear it. If the shoe doesn't fit, don't wear it. See, we, you got to make sure we have to recognize what God's asking us to do and be focused in on that. Look at David here. This is a perfect example of this. And first uh, Samuel chapter 17 say, I have my gospel shoes on and I'm ready. Okay, so it says here in verse 38, Then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a bronze helmet on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword over his armor. Then he tried to go, but could not, for he was not used to it. And David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I am not used to them. David took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, and chose five smooth stones out of his out of his out of the brook, and put them in his shepherd's lunch bag, a whole kid's skin slung from his shoulder in his pouch, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near the Philistine. So listen to this. Okay, so here, here's what people will tell you. You know what? You need this in your ministry. You need this in your life. You need to be doing this with your life. Hey, have you tried this over here? Why aren't you doing this? How come you're not doing that? Here, try this on. You know what? You need to get comfortable in the place called there. And that's in that intimate place with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and allow the the Lord God almighty 
the author and the bishop of your soul to tell you what you need, when you need it, and how you need it, and allow confirmation to come from others that God's called around you to help take you in the direction that he's called you to go in. David was smart enough to know, look, this is not me. I cannot do things the way you do things. You, you, I, I'm not, you, Pastor Justin and I are different. Dr. Savell and I are different. Philip and I are different. Cassie and I are different. People are different, but you know what? Every single one of us has a special and unique place in the body of Christ that God's called us to be in. And I cannot try to be Philip, Cassie, Dr. Savell, Pastor Justin. We can't try to be somebody that we're not. We have to be who it is that God's called us to be. God had called David, and David knew it, to be the king, the next king after Saul. He wasn't trying to promote himself. An opportunity came, but he knew the anointing was on him to do what it is that he was called to do. No matter what, he wasn't going to be somebody that he wasn't. God's not asking you to be somebody that you're not. Don't compare. and con- The gospel shoes that God's called you to wear are your shoes, not somebody else's. Get comfortable in your own two feet. Amen? Your feet need to be precious. How beautiful are the feet that bring the gospel of the, of the good news of Jesus Christ? Bring it in the way that you bring it. You're going to reach people that I can't reach, that Pastor Justin can't reach. The doctor said, why? There's a, God is going to take you to places that only you fit in that situation to be who he's created you to be. And be confident in that. And allow him to get the glory that he wants to get through your life in those situations in your life. That's putting on your shoes the way you need to put your shoes on. Spiritually speaking. Amen? Let's continue a little bit more. So, this is the, I'm going to tell you what. This right here, go to 2 Corinthians 10.3. Because the, 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 the biggest problem that most people have is right here. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You know, I I think I need to do this. Well, I think I need to do that. Well, and then somebody tells you, have you thought about, I'm telling you, thoughts take you in directions other than what God's called you to be. You need to get comfortable and confident in your personal relationship with God. Be at peace with where God has you right now. Not to say be satisfied. Be at peace. Be at peace where God has you right now. Because he needs you to recognize where you are right now and absorb everything that he's trying to pour into you right now in your life so that it prepares you for what he has next for you in your life. We have to come to that conclusion. And what gets us distracted is our thought process. Well, they're, getting, they're, get, they're doing this and they're doing that. And well, you see so-and-so, they got promoted to this. And, you know, what, is, what does that have to do with it? Oh, Jesus had to get on to Peter and, uh, and John at the back end of the situation. Peter and J- Jesus, have the ba- he's getting on to Peter. Comes back after he's resurrected. 
having a conversation with Peter, restoring his relationship with Peter, because Peter just rejected him three times. So he's talking to Peter. And what is Peter? They're walking along the beach. And and Peter has all that. I said, well, what about him? He says, what's that to you? What is that? Quit comparing yourself and what God's called you to do with somebody else. But that's where thoughts will come into mind. Well, they did it this way and they did it. You know what? Pray. Pray. Spend time in the word of God. Hello. Pray in the Holy Spirit. The Bible says when you pray in the spirit, you're praying out the perfect will of God for your situation. Pray in the spirit. Get download from heaven what God's given you. Confirm it with the word because he's going he's to give you his word where you're praying out in the spirit. Take that what he's given you and say, you know what? I've heard from the Lord. This is what we're supposed to do and this is what we're going to do. I don't care what everybody else is doing. That's the way you and I continue in the gospel truth. That's the way we continue to fulfill. Well, you need to be out. You know what? I've had people, and I have. Cassie and I have preached all over. We've gone all over the place. People are like, why aren't you going out? Why don't you? God has not told me to do that. When we, when we stopped our sports ministry, they were like, hello, what are y'all doing? We're doing what God's told us to do. That has nothing to do. You almost always say, no, your business. You know what I'm saying? You know, no, but not they were more, more or less, for the majority, all of them, really. They're wanting to know, hey, what's, you know, why? What's going on, you know? But what it can do for some people is it's going, you know, well, maybe I should do this. And you got one hand in the cookie jar and one hand on the stove, and you're trying to cook, and you're trying to get this done, and you're trying to do all, no, uh-uh. stop. What is God telling you to do? It's not that complicated. Every answer that you need, you can get it. You just got to spend some time praying in the spirit, staying in the word, asking God direct. If you want a direct answer, ask a direct question. (laughs) Most people don't want a direct answer. (laughs) Well, you know, maybe we could do this. Is that all right? No. Lord said, eh, eh. Ask a direct question. You'll get a direct answer. All right? Hmm. Okay. If Satan can deceive you, he can devour you. If he can't deceive you, he can't devour you. If you ever feel like the message is being preached to you, that is a good thing. It's a good thing. Because you may be looking for some answers right now. This message could be, for you know what? I, be, I, I can, with all my heart, this is so easy. You know, I, there's no one person, if you're watching my way of internet, nobody I ever even thought about one time when I was getting ready to preach this message. Yeah. Not one. <laughs> I'm just trying to, Lord, what word do you want to speak tonight? Sometimes you ever feel like Pastor Justin is just preaching a sermon and you feel like he's, he's, he's preaching to me. <laughs> Come on. You ever feel that way? That's a good thing. Because you're looking for answers and God's actually giving them to you through Pastor Justin. Yeah. Right? That's a good thing. So if you're hearing a message tonight or you, or you know, you think, I need to listen to this podcast. And the moment you start listening to, I don't want to listen to that. You know, that's probably the one you need to listen to. <laughs> right? It's, it's so, it's what, why? Because God's trying to take us, take us along the path that he's called us to in order to help us fulfill the assignment that he's given us in our life. To fulfill every assignment that he has for us on the face of the earth. He wants to look at all of us and say, well done, that good and faithful servant. He wants us to just wrap his arms around. He wants to wrap his arms around. He said, great job. I love that statement that Brother Copeland talked about when he said, you know, the Lord told him one time, if, if I told you to hold 
or Robert's coat for the rest of your life, you would be fulfilling every assignment that I have for you. What did, what did David say in the Bible? I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than spend a thousand days elsewhere or a thousand years elsewhere. What is that? I, be where God, be, be faithful and trust the process. God knows. God knows. He's excited about you too. Say, so he's excited about me. Hallelujah to Jesus. All right, so. Let's, let's look at that other, we're going to look at a slide. I forgot my little camera, a little flashlight. We're going to look at a slide together. Nice picture. What is, when you see that, okay, this is a pair of shoes, right? What do you think about when you see those shoes right there? Huh? The beach. Huh. What'd you say? What, anything else, Cassie? Anybody else have anything to say about those shoes? Shower. <laughs> there you go. What are the flip-flops, man, those are, that, come on with it. Summer. Yes, summer, sun. You know, you have, there's a purpose for those shoes, aren't there? Is, it, is there a purpose for those shoes? Right, it's a good purpose. Okay, go to the next one. What do you see when you do that? Basketball, immediately, basketball. There you go. Right back here, I know Brenda, they're a little, uh, they're, that's, that, that is Steph Curry's right there. Those are some, the little SC right there. Uh, he's an amazing Point guard, but you think of shoes. You think you see those shoes. You think basketball, right? Okay, go to the next one. What do you think of those? Football, exactly. Track, football. See football. Why? Why do you see football? Cleeks, right? There's cleeks there. All right, go to the next one. Anybody know what those are? Snowshoes. Yeah, snowshoes. Wow. Has anybody ever worn snowshoes? For real? Anybody? Oh, good deal. We're all Texans. That's good. All right, here we go. Next one. Tassel, maybe? I don't know. Running shoes. Oh, those are my favorite pair of shoes right there. They are wonderful. They are wonderful shoes. They're 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 a great pair of shoes. So, but they're what? They're they're for what? They're for running, right? But you see the sole on those. Okay. Now, you look at all those shoes. They all had a different purpose. All of them had a different purpose. And when put in the purpose that they were, they're supposed to be in, they help you experience the fullness of what you're trying to get accomplished. When you and I choose to put on the preparation of the gospel of peace that God's preparing us for, he's preparing us. When we choose to be where it is that God's called us to be, do what it is that God's called us to do, we're being prepared to be the, the vessel that God can use to bring his gospel of peace to people wherever we go. When you try to take those running shoes and go into that snow, I don't care how good those running shoes, they, they work if not. Seriously, but you try to put those snowshoes on and go for a run, you, you're in trouble too. Come on. Or take those flip-flops and go into the snow. Mm-hmm. Come on, you might not have any toes left. You know, what is, what is seriously? And so you have to reckon, you know, and there, but you know, there's different seasons in all of our lives and we have to embrace the seasons that God has for us and, and choose to embrace the process of him preparing us for whatever else it needs us to do in our lives. That's the gospel. That's being prepared to be a vessel for the gospel to be used 
to bring peace to the rest of the world. Amen? It's so, it's so important. All right, look at, look at a couple things. Look at this. The phony, deceptive falseness that people are, are devoured by. Not living like as we are, looking for things to fulfill us. Because we are on a mission, we are soldiers in the army of the Lord. We are on a mission. Our food is to do what it is that the Lord has sent us to do. Okay, so look at this for just a second. In this, whatever shoes that you're supposed to be wearing right now, okay? It's, it's so, you know what he is? He was, I love this, this guy. He's in the army. He didn't even know how to shoe a horse before he went into the army. But he got in there, and you know what? You're thinking, I'm going to go on the front line, or I'm going to be doing this. He got chosen. Hello? Had never shooed a horse before. He got chosen and put in a position that, that, that he's doing without him being in that position, they can't accomplish some of the things that they're called to accomplish. Right? He's willing. When you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Why? Because we're, we're, in, a, we're in a war. There's a real war going on. We are still fighting the good fight of faith. And we're not shadow boxing. This is real. There's a real goosebump thief that sits outside these walls. Right? There are hurting people outside these walls. We're called to love them for God. We've got to put on the preparation of the gospel of peace, our gospel shoes, in order for us to go do what it is that God's called us to make a difference outside these walls. Bring people into the saving grace knowledge of who Jesus is. It's a war because Satan is doing his best to kill, steal, and destroy. He's doing his best to take people out, to let them never hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, we're in a war. Say, I'm in a war, and I win. This is what warriors do. 1 John 2, 15 says this, We love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. John 15, 18 through 19 If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. John 12, 25. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. John 4, 34. Jesus saith... Unto them, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. What's your meat? Luke 9, 23 through 24. And he said unto them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, his shoes, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. Mark eight thirty five. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospels. Gospel shoes, right? The same shall save it. Mark 10, 29 through 30. King James Version. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel, but he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses, brethren, sisters, 
mothers, and children and lands with persecution and in the world to come eternal life. Now, (laughs) I'm going to share a little song with y'all in a second. I always like singing. Y'all know how much I like to sing. So I got a couple of fun songs for y'all. But, you know, when I was reading this, I was was thinking about the Savelles. You know, Cassie and I, I've known him for a little over 18 years. And uh, Cassie's known him for, I guess, 16 years since we got married, right? 17 years? Okay. So um, in light of that, I'm always amazed if you, if you've, if you watch their life, because we've had the privilege of, of seeing them personally in their own personal life. Uh, they're some of the hardest working people that I've ever seen in any business. I don't care if it's ministry or out in the work field. And I've worked the fields. You watch, I mean, I look at it, even his schedule right now. I know he won't be home for another, you know, two weeks or so. Maybe. You know, he comes back on the 23rd to preach. But during that whole time, he's preaching constantly that whole entire time. I, 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 I need you to see something here because some, a, a lot of people want to have what they have. But they aren't willing to give up what they've given up. And, and, and I, I need you to see that because it's, and, and I'm just telling you this because here's the cool thing about it is when you give it up, you get it back. When you hold on to it, you'll never have it. You never had it to begin with. It had you. And in this war, one of the things that has, one of the things that can take place and your preparation of the gospel of peace is your I just want this and I want that and the, my life's got to be... The, what if the, the Bible says, the, the sower soweth the word. Some fall by the wayside, some on stony ground, some, you know, birds of the air come. There's a lot of different aspects of it there, but the ones that are rooted and grounded that stay, you know? But the ones right before that, the ones that are persecuted, the troubles and the worries of this world, what am I going to wear? Where are my kids going to go to school? What am I going to do with this? What am I going to do with that? I got to do this and I, 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 You know what I'm saying? You have to relate. You have to, you have to trust. That's fighting the good fight of faith. It's not like the rest of the world. It's not like everybody else is doing it. You cannot do what it is that God's called you to do on your own abilities. It's got to be by faith. You know, I was fortunate, and my parents weren't perfect, but I was fortunate when my mom, when I was a kid, before my parents went into the ministry, in 1975, we we had our home was paid for, our cars were paid for, had a half-court basketball court in the backyard, my mom worked for IBM, Uh, my dad uh, was working on his administration, he was a coach, and and, uh, you know, we were really well off. I mean, there's nothing we had want of whatsoever, and then all of a sudden my dad went into the ministry and took a vow, vow of poverty. You know, so it changed our world, right? So, but this is what was so cool in the process of it. I never saw the big change as much as my older brother did. I was only six or seven years old when it first took place. Didn't think nothing of it. I just got to, I got saved a couple of years later. I'm excited about God, all this kind of stuff. The process of it, what my parents left to go into what God had called them to go into, when it came time for us to go to school, because my dad, my mom did something that she knew she heard from God. She said, I'm leaving IBM and I'm going, this is back when IBM was, IBM was one of the top countries. This is in the seventies. So it was one of the best 
companies to work for in the country, if not the world. So she left them, and she said, I am going to uh, raise my kids. Because the Bible says that if you can't keep your kids and your family in check, you have no business being in ministry. So she left all that and focused on us kids. Of course, all four of us are in full-time ministry doing all kinds of things for Jesus and God's, the legacy goes on and on, right? Really, really important for you to hear that. But not only that, all four of us went to college. Now, my dad was, was a bivocational pastor for 40 years, okay? All four of us went to an, a college or university that, um, what's that? A private university, yes, a private university that one of us, it cost, uh, now if we went, it would cost us about $100,000 to get our degree, okay? So that's four kids at the same time in college. All right? I didn't pay for a dime of it. I, I think I took a little bit of a loan out, but it really wasn't for my school. It was for other expenses that my dad had me take a loan. That was it. My brothers and sisters, same thing. What? God is faithful. You may not know. You may not know how. You may not know when, but he'll do it again. But the thing was, is my parents knew one thing. You know what? They went after God with everything they had. They gave it all up. They taught us something too. You just go after God. God will take care of you. God will meet all your needs, Rick, according to his riches and glory. You may not know, you might not know how, but if you just keep going towards him, he's going to cover you in those aspects of your life. Just trust him. If you'll just keep trusting him, you're going to keep going. What are you doing? You're preparing yourself to be a messenger for the gospel of peace to other people. Because you know what? I don't worry about stuff. I'm excited. My wife will tell you we're so grateful and thankful. And we've always been like that. What you see now is what we saw 18 years ago, you know, or 16 years ago. Excuse me. When I first met the Savelles, it was 18 years. Hey, I don't mind being married to her forever. So that's a good thing, right? So the reality of it is, is what is that? That's a testimony for what God can do in our lives consistently in order for us to fulfill the call that God's placed on our lives. Now, what I want you to see is this. You know what? What he tells me to do and what he tells you to do could be two different things. The bottom line is you have to hear from God. Your shoes are not going to... If I try to wear your shoes to do something, I'd be in trouble, wouldn't I? They wouldn't get on my foot, would they? (laughs) <laughs> but you know what? So why? But spiritually speaking, the same exact way. I got to hear from God. You got to hear from God in order to go where God's called us to go and do what God's called us to do in order for us to feel, fulfill the gospel of Jesus Christ that he's called us to live out. Gospel shoes. Do you have your shoes on tonight? I want you to see something. I'm going to read um, Ephesians six ten through 15. And I'm going to read this from the Jewish Bible. It says, finally grow powerful. We read this earlier in the King James, but I want you to read this in the Jewish. The last part's really cool. Finally grow powerful in union with the Lord and in union with his, his mighty strength. Tell you what, let's go down to, I'm going to go to the very bottom of that. And it says, therefore stand, have the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Put on righteousness for a breastplate. Look at this. And wear on your feet the readiness that comes from the good news Shalom. And wear on your feet the readiness that comes from the good news of Shalom. And wear on your feet the readiness that comes from the good news of Shalom. Shalom is nothing missing, nothing broken. Wholeness and completeness in every aspect of your life. 
Shalom, shalom. That's why they, they, they are, they're going to introduce yourself. The blessings are coming back and forth when a Hebrew people uh, interchange with each other. In Hebrews 12, 14, 14, it says, follow peace with all men. In order for you and I to fulfill the call of God on our life, there's three things that we have to constantly do. And I said this on Sunday morning. I think it's so cool because it tied into the night. It says, one, you've got to stay in the word. The next thing you and I have to do, we have to follow peace with all men. Now, the gospel that he's given me to come and bring to you tonight, I need to do that in peace, not in strife and contention and preaching at you like you need to get something together. Come on, seriously, come on. That's not going to be received. In order for, in order, you, you know, sweet lips, in order for you and I to experience and do what it is that God's called us to do, where our feet are concerned, where our precious feet are, do you want your feet to be precious? Do you want when people, when you walk into the room, people get excited or they kind of go, Ooh, hello, they're there. Hello. Come on. Seriously. And it comes from, am I coming and bringing the gospel of peace or am I trying to preach at somebody every time I see them? Come on. Why well, you just know something? So, so. Remember that finger you're pointing? It's got three fingers pointing back at you all the time. Right? They don't want to. I've got, a, I've got some interesting family. I think we all do, right? Okay, so you know what? I love my family. They ain't got it all together, neither do I. You know what? My job is to love them. And to minister to them. You know what? There's people in your workplace. And it's not your job to come preach your, your gospel. That's your gospel, not his gospel. Because what you, what you and I have got to constantly do is love people into the position that God's called them. God loved you into the position that you're called to be in right now. Sharing that peace, sharing that love, that shall blessing people when you come into their presence. There's an exchange here of love going back and forth that I love you. I want you to experience more of what God has for you. No matter what your shoes look like, I can't, you're not called to be me. I'm not called to be you. But we're all called to bring the same gospel of peace. That's why I read that three times. It's the same gospel, that shalom. That nothing missing, nothing missing, nothing brokenness. My whole intent, my whole desire with everything that we do, Pastor Justin's, the Savelle's, everything that we do, it's a matter of us wanting more people to experience the love that God's shared abroad in our hearts by his spirit. That he's extended, somebody came to you. How beautiful. Somebody came to you and shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with you. Someone said a kind word to you. Someone ministered to you. Minister to other people the same kindness, the same peace that's been ministered to you. You have to recognize this. In order for us to be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, we've got to let peace be in us. And if you're always in strife and always talking about, you know, so-and-so and then so-and-so and so-and-so, who wants that? I'm just being real. Well, you need to, every, we are a written epistle of what God wants to do on the face of the earth when we're yielded to the spirit of peace. My peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I don't give it to you as the world gives it to you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. My peace will never leave you nor forsake you. 
Let, your, let my peace guard and garrison around your heart all the days of your life. But give that peace to other people. <clears throat> Be an extension of the gospel of peace to everybody that you come in contact with. I, that's my role. <clears throat> that's your role in everything that we're doing. So no matter what kind of shoes you wear, some of you may not like to run at all. That's okay. Some of you don't care for the snow. That's okay. Some of you might not care for the beach. That's okay, but somebody's been called to the beach, right, Cassie? And so somebody's been called to the snow, you know? I, you know, what, whoever, wherever you're called to go and be, be like Jesus. Be someone that's bringing the gospel of peace to people, not strife and turmoil, not strife and division, not contention, not negativity. Bring the love of God to every situation that you're coming into, no matter who you are, no matter where you're going, it's the same peace. Say, my feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Let God shoe you. Right? Let God put your shoes on for you. Right? Let him shoe you. Let him put the right shoe. He knows what shoes you need tonight, today, the next day. Let him, let him, let him be secure in what, with the place that he's placed you in. Okay, be, be, be confident of that. Being confident of this. He who began a good work in you, he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Say, I will. I will. Be, submitted be submitted to God's will, to God's will. In, my life. in my life. Not my natural will. My, natural my God will. will. Amen. All right, I'm going to finish with this scripture. Romans 10, 13 through 15, and Mark 16, 15. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except you they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. Say, I preach the gospel of peace. Hmm. Say, my feet feet are beautiful. beautiful. Say, God, God, show me me where you want me to go to to preach your gospel. gospel. Hmm. Bring glad tidings of good things. Mark 16, 15 says, and he said to them, go you into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, to every creature. That's our, that's our responsibility. You know, it, it, it's, so, it's, uh, it's the great commission. It's the greatest commission. That's the com- he's commissioned us to do this. And you're capable of doing this. I'm capable of doing this. Receive the love of God. Receive the preparation that God's doing in your life to put you in a position to be able to minister to somebody somewhere. Wherever it is he's called you to be right now, embrace the season that you're in. Allow the gospel the good news of Jesus Christ, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, be exemplified through you and everything that you're doing. Preach a sermon and when necessary, use words. People will learn more by how you treat them than more than what you're telling them. That peace that surpasses all understanding needs to flow out of you just as much as it's coming, coming out of you. Does that make sense? Okay. Did you get something tonight? 
Praise God. Say, I have my gospel shoes and I'm ready. Send me, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Phil.